Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Amen. How, how amazing is that? There's something amazing about kids. Just remain standing. I'm just going to pray. Because as we're entering 2022, I believe God wants to do, say something new, say something amazing, because there's so much in store for us today. There's so much in store for you and your family. There's so much in store for the churches that are, uh, have joined themselves together with us. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, as we come around your word, Father, I just thank you that your word is powerful. I thank you that your word is sharp. I thank you that your word goes beyond boundaries. I thank you that your word has no limitations. And Father, I thank you because your word has no limitations and your word is alive in us. We have no limitations. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we position ourselves to receive. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, as, uh, as, you know, as we're coming up to uh, 2022, God never intended any single person to live without victory. God's never intended any person not to experience success. God has never ever made anybody as for a bad example. You know, sometimes we, we use this phrase, you know, I'll just use this as a bad example. Do you realize that God has never ever designed a person to be a bad example? And when we start talking about vision, is this. Now, watch, watch something very carefully. Sometimes when we got to put two things together, number one, the church's vision and my vision are one. You don't join a church and go, well, I like their vision. You join a church because there's a vision that resonates in you. See, religion paints two pictures. It paints the picture of this is what God wants to do, and then he paints a picture, well, what are you going to do? But your personal life, about your home, your marriage, what you do, where you eat, um, where you go on holidays. So for, for too long is this. Now, I want you to notice. The Word of God always joins together. Sin separates. You allowed to get excited? So to me, he tells me this. Every time God is in something, there is no division. Satan is the only one that brings division. See, any doctrine that people preach that brings a division in the body of Christ is not from God. God never breaks, brings division. So when we start talking about vision... Do you realize we're going to, this is what we're going to go into in 2022 is the full understanding is that my vision and God's vision is the same vision. So therefore it means this is the power in God's vision is the same power in my vision. Look, look at this. When you understand vision, you get your divine purpose. I love that. Manifest your kingdom realm. And cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. When you get God's purpose in vision, God's vision gives you purpose. 
And when you get purpose, you understand what it's for. See, most people don't understand why, what's the purpose of money? What's the purpose of my intelligence? What's the purpose of my energy? What's the purpose of my creativity? What's the purpose of my imagination? See, without vision, and I'm not just talking about goals, okay? We're going to deal with goals, but we're talking about vision. Watch this. God had a vision for man, and he made the earth. And the earth... God, the earth was made for man for the purpose for the earth was for man to rule in it. So when you understand God's vision, God says, I'm going to make man. So he didn't make the world and then go, how will I populate it? He created man in him. He made the earth for him and then he put him in it so that the purposes of heaven can be fulfilled on earth. So when you don't understand purpose, you don't understand finance. Everybody that I have spoken to that struggles with finance and giving, the basic reason is this, is that they don't understand the purpose of finance. That is the same thing. Today we had a baby dedication. What is the purpose of children? What is the purpose of a marriage? What was the purpose for God sending you to university? What was the purpose that God came and he says, I want you to come and live in Australia? See, when you understand purpose, you understand what it's made for. And when you understand what it's made for, you get the extra energy. Now, listen, to this. let me give you this scripture. I love this, right? Have you ever come to anything quite like this extravagant generosity of God. This is deep, deep wisdom. It's way over our heads. We'll never figure it out. Is there anyone around who can explain God? Anybody is smart enough to tell him what to do? Anyone who has, who has done him such a huge favor that God has to ask him for advice? Everything comes from him. Everything happens through him. Everything ends up in him. Always glory, always praise. Yes, yes, yes. See, the purpose of God is so amazing. The purpose of God comes out of the generosity of God. The generosity of God gives you purpose. And I love this. Everything comes from him. Everything. So just, just work with me here for a while. Everything comes from God. So God says, I am the initiator and the divine source. So your thinking comes from God. Your imagination comes from God. The desire to have a home comes from God. A desire to have a holiday comes from God. A desire to bless your husband, your wife, your children, your community comes from God. The desire to create comes from God. The desire to excel comes from God. The desire to see someone changed and benefited comes from God. To have a great life comes from God. To love food comes from God. Everything comes from God. And then everything ends up in Him. So you have this. God says, it starts with me and comes back to me. 
for you that want good, write Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word that goes out of my mouth shall not come back to me void. So God says, I put everything into motion and it will fulfill its purpose and then come back to me. So everything starts with God, ends with God, and it always brings glory. You know what glory means? Glory is the manifestation of the unreal into the real realm. So when we think about glory, people go, oh, glory, it's a, it's a feeling. No, no. You know what glory is? Glory is the manifestation of God's power. So when God was at a wedding and they ran out of wine, glory manifested and there was wine. When there was a sick person, glory manifested and there was healing. When there was a lack of provision, glory manifested and there was provision. When there was no clarity, glory manifested in this. So when we pray for glory, we're praying for a manifestation. We're praying for the manifestation that says this, that I want what's in heaven to be manifested here. Now watch this. Let's talk, let's talk about Jesus for a moment because he's a start. Jesus is 12 years old. They go to a festival, and uh, I love this. You know, you know how sometimes as parents we, you know, we think we make mistakes? Joseph and Mary forgot about Jesus for three days. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we get, you know, people go, oh, you forgot your child, at, you know, you forgot to pick up your child at kinder. <gasps> how bad am I? Can you imagine not forgetting your child, pick up your child at kinder for three days? Can, can, you, you know, okay, can you just see Joseph going, you know what? I can't put my finger on it, but there's something missing in the house. I, I just don't know. And Mary goes, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't get it either. I know there's something. Oh, I don't know. Hey, maybe we need to pray. Oh, Elohim, who art in it forever. Uh, there's something missing in our lives. And, and then he comes up, you forgot Jesus. No, rush back to Jerusalem, right? And guess where they find him? They find him in his father's house. And he says this, which, look what Jesus does, right? You didn't need to look for me. Didn't you know that I must be working for my father? Now, you've you got to watch this. Is that Jesus is the second Adam, right? So the first Adam gave us all these problems. Everybody say, ah. Oh. You know, <laughs> so I remember as a kid, when they used to talk about Adam, I thought, when I get to heaven, I'm going to really let him have it. <laughs> so the first Adam blows it. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. And you see the first thing is written here. He goes, why did you look for me? Didn't you know that I am, must be working in my father's house? Now, I want you to notice this. He says, I'm not working in the field. I'm not helping dad make new chairs. What I'm doing, I must be working in the house. And he goes, look at another translation, in the New Living Translation. But why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Now, take note of this. He says, my father's house. So what he's saying is this. He goes, the first Adam was working in the house. What was the house called the garden? That's where he prospered. Now listen, watch this carefully. God created the garden of Eden and then he put him in it. Do you realize that there was no striving in the garden? 
There was no emotional drainage in the garden. There were no arguments in the garden. There was no frustration in the garden. There was no lack in the garden. Yes? You're lack, come on. I know it's COVID. You've got to break the COVID. So what is it? the first, the second Adam? He's coming to restore. And he says, he goes, but why did you need to search for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Or he says this, or don't you realize that I should be involved with my father's affairs? Just watch this. Shouldn't you, shouldn't you know that the affairs of my father are my affairs? Jesus said, didn't you, one of the other translations says, don't you know that I should be about my father's business? Now, just watch now something carefully. You know what Jesus is saying here? Outside of God's kingdom, a child is born, and then he has to make his own way. What's he going to do? What's he going to become? Where is he going to go? But when, G when, when Jesus is talking here, he's talking to Jews, he's talking to Hebrew people that understand family. Did you realize this? That in the time there was Jesus here, is when you get married, you don't leave house. What we do, you put up another story. In the Western society, when you leave home, when you get married, my, my, my dad said to me, oh, Ted, you're married. Bye-bye. Um, front door key, thank you. <laughs> you know, out of here, go make your life. But in the context that Jesus was saying was this, is that soon as another person is born, we build the room. Didn't Jesus also say, I go and I prepare up what? A place for you. See, when, when Jesus says this, well, I prepare a place for you, I'm not making that something external that you've got to come to the house, is that your room is in the house of God. That's deep, come on. That's just worth coming Sunday morning for. So when, when you're born again, God says, I go to prepare a place for you. You're in my father's house. Didn't you realize that it should be about my father's affairs? Now, listen to this. Now watch this. There's a significant change in the prayer of Jesus. So Jesus is talking about this before he starts his ministry. Now that he starts his ministry, he says, disciples, I want to teach you how to pray. Now watch this. It starts with Matthew 6, 9, which we call the Lord's Prayer. It starts like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. I want you to notice this. He says in the first one, he says, my Father. But now he's starting his ministry, the purpose for his existence. The purpose of everything he's doing, he says, now he's no longer my Father He's talking about everybody else is now your father. Now, you've got to put weight upon this. He's not talking about a father of a lesser degree in relationship. So he's not talking about, please choose whether you want to be in the father's business. He's going like this. He goes, when, when I was a child, when I was 12 years old, my father... Now that I am ministering and I'm doing your purposes, I am saying now he is your father. Now, I want you to listen to me very carefully. You, you good? 
But the Bible says this because he, because he had the mindset of his father's affairs. If you go back to Luke chapter 2, he says that Jesus grew up in favor with God and man. So when you are in the house, you get the favor of God and you get the favor of the world. Think about this. How do you get favor at work? You get favor at work in the house of God. How do you get favor with your wife, with your husband? You get it in the house of God. How do you get favor with your children? You get it in the house of God. How do you get favor in financial? You get it in the house of God. Now, so we go from that Jesus saying he's my father. We're going now that he's now your father. So when we start talking about fatherhood, when you start looking at the word father, he's the one that brings strength to the house. So when you say, God is my father, what's happening is that the strength of heaven is coming into the house. So therefore, when you call God your father, you are accepting the full strength of heaven. See, fatherhood, number one, is not a title. It is a job description of what he does. That is why when people have children, they go, I am now a father. You are technically a father, but you become a father when you start to bring strength. When all of a sudden you're not doing a title, you are manifesting something. So the, the, the day, see, I did not, become a dad or a father at Furniture Gully Hospital. I technically became a father. The day that I became a father when I realized that I had to have, I took responsibility for the welfare of my children. That means if I had to, if I had to make a sacrifice, I made a sacrifice. If we had to go without, we went out. So Silva and I went from technical parents to being original parents because we manifested something. Okay. So when God says, I'm your father, he's saying there's going to be a manifestation of my strength. There's going to be a manifestation of power. Now, there's this, all of these scriptures align together. So now Jesus comes to people. Now, before Matthew 6.33, what does Jesus do? He goes to first 12 disciples. And he goes, I want you to come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, what's interesting with that is asking them to leave their source of finance. So Peter, Andrew, all of these guys, Matthew, their source of living was what they were doing. And God... Through Jesus says, I want you to leave the system that you are providing for your families, that you are providing from your parents. Now, I understand something here. This is really significant. Is when you understand that Peter lived with his parents. Andrew lived with his parents. It was a, it was a community. So Peter was a huge financial um, deliverer to the house. And Jesus says to him, I want you to leave your father, the hired people. I want you to leave your business 
and I want you to come and follow me. Matthew made his living by the, uh, how much taxes he would raise. And God says, I want you to leave that and go. Well, Think about the magnitude of what he was saying. He's saying, I want you to leave how you have been taught to live. I want you to leave how you've been taught to behave. I want you to live the way you've been doing and come and follow me. Unheard of. You know what's also unheard of? is most of the disciples that the other rabbis had were young men. These were men that had children. They had families. They had responsibilities. They, they were ordered by God to look after their children. And, God said, and Jesus says to them, I want you to leave that. And then Jesus says this to him in Matthew 6.33. It's going to make more sense to you now. But first and most importantly, seek, aim, strive after his kingdom. And his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. Now watch this. Peter knows this. I work, I go out at night, I fish. I take the fish to the market. Somebody buys the fish, gives me the money, I go back home and that's how we live. Correct? There was no ATMs, okay? The only ATM were parents. Yeah, that's what I realized one of the things when my kids looked at me and go, hi, Papa, almighty ATM. And then they go, we just know how to press the, the, you know, the code. The code was, Dad, I love you. Dad, you're the best. So, so watch this. So Peter... Peter comes in, right, and, 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 and John and all the other disciples, they go, Jesus, we know how to do life. Jesus, we know how to work. Jesus, we know what, what happens here. Jesus, we know, we know. And Jesus says this, I want you to swing it around. I want you to put my father's house first. I want, I want you to make the purpose of your life my father's house. But first, and most importantly, seek, aim, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God. And all these things will be given to you. You know what he was looking at? He says, if you can just listen to Jesus' teaching, he says, hey, have you seen that guy? What's he doing? He's trying to make money. See that guy. And Jesus is saying this. You want what everybody else wants. Can, can we... Can we really be honest here? Is it all right to be honest? This is church, so I'm allowed to be honest. Right? The world wants what you want. Everybody wants to live better, correct? I haven't met one person who says, Pastor, can you pray for me? I don't want a good life. Pastor, pray for me. My car hasn't broken down. Pastor, can you pray for me? I haven't, I haven't broken any limbs. Pastor, pray for me. I haven't had an operation. Pastor, look, I'm not even financially broke. Pray for me. This is not right. Every single person wants to live better, correct? Come on. Don't you want to live in a better house? Don't you want not to look at your bank account before you go shopping? Don't you want to go on a holiday without thinking that your card is going to be maxed? 
Don't you want to go buy something and wait for that little thing that says accepted? See, everybody's striving after a life. Husbands want to please their wives. Wives want to please their husbands. You want to give a good future to your children. You want all of this. And God is saying this, I get it. I get that you want a good life. I get that you want to provide, but I'm going to show you a better way. I want to show you the Father's way of living. And now watch this. You know, you know one, of my, one of my things as a young man that I struggled with was giving everything over to God. Now, none of you are like that, those watching. I know, you're, I know most of you, when, as, soon as you, as soon as you were born, you says, God... Less of me, more of you. I really don't care what happens to me. If, if you want me to live single in a hole, I will do it happily. Oh, yes. If you don't want me to have nice clothes, that's okay. I will live at Vinnie's for the rest of my life. See, you know, my, my problem with God was is I had dreams and desires, and I always thought that if I give my life fully over to God, that he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Why, 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 you know, when people go, give your life to God, and they go, it's going to cost you something. I go, well, I don't want me to cost me. It's costing me being this, and you want me to pay more? Have you ever seen a miserable Christian? And he says, give your life to Jesus, and you can be like me. You go, man, I'm, I don't need Jesus to be miserable. I'm good by myself, thank you. You good? See, my problem was, that if I give my strength to Jesus, he's going to make me become a missionary into some place that has mosquitoes and insects. I hate mosquitoes. I dream, I dream, I actually have a dream that somebody's going to invent a microscopic jet fighter that zooms around me and there's a mosquito. There's going to be a ballistic missile that will blow mosquitoes up. That's one of my dreams. I hate crawling things. It is just like when people talk about the Amazon jungle. Yes, I'll have it as a screensaver, but do not take me to a forest. I love it. I hate insects. I just like camping. Camping is like, oh God, I have sinned. I'm paying for it. Right? I mean, I don't. So, so to me, was this right? Is is that if I seek first the kingdom of God? I will do things that he doesn't, that he wants me. And it's normally it's like this. People think that the, that the will of God is something that we don't want to do. I've heard stories like I didn't want to do God's will and then my car broke down, this broke down, everything became seriously bad. So I thought it can't be worse than this. I'll take Jesus. Jesus said to them, listen to me carefully. He didn't say this. That you, you, you with me? Jesus didn't say this. Come and follow me, and the standard of your living will drop. The standard of your relationships will drop. You will not have any of that. Jesus says this to them. He goes, if you seek after me, now, how hard is it to get a promotion? You know, you hear stuff like this. Who did you have to sleep to get to that position? Who did you have to bribe to get that how many lies did you have to do to get that promotion? The world wants what we want. The key is this, is how are they getting it? Now, just let me put a pause there. 
This is not an alternative lifestyle. This is not a principle. This is not another method how I get my needs met. It's not alternative. See, what was happening here is that Adam lived in the house of God. Jesus is saying everything happens in the house of God. I don't use the house to get my needs met. I am in the house and so therefore my needs get met. So Jesus is not a rescuer. Jesus is not a principle giver. He's a life giver. And he says to Peter, you're looking and to John and, and Matthew and Andrew. And he says, look at all these people. They're running around, sweat on their brow. They're doing everything they can to survive. But I've, I'm taking you out of one system into another system. Now, watch this. Look at Psalm 37 verse 4. Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of his heart, your mother's heart, what does it say? And he will give you... Come on. Whose desires? Let it just dawn on you. Because now, now, now we're pushing the darkness. Now we're pushing lies. You know, the Bible says this, take delight in the Lord. You should read Psalm, 100, sorry, Psalm 37 all the way through. It's absolutely amazing. But he says this, if you delight in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. So, what is, so, so watch this. So God's not saying this. See, one of the things we've, we've messed up is saying, Ted, you've got desires. Your desires will never be fulfilled. You, as long as you go on the mission field, you're going to do all that. But God says this. Because if you put me first, the striving that you are going to have to have to get your desires met, I'll meet them. This, this kind of um, breaks it open and I'm just realized. See, Sylvie was the desire of my heart. When I saw her, my desire said, come. I put God first. I'm married to my desire. Look, I mentioned this before. When I had a desire for a Mercedes. It was never actually a prayer thing. I am watching a television show. I won't tell you the movie just in case you might get offended at it, but it's clean. And these mobsters in Hong Kong had this stretch limo. It was the top of the range Mercedes in 1978. It was worth, back in 1978, you could buy three houses with this car. I am looking at it, and in my heart, my desire cried out, gee, I'd love one of them. And um, that was it. Uh, my, car, my car broke down, and I had to go and preach. One of the business guys in church uh, heard about it, and he said, hey, Ted, um, how can I lend you my car? I go, that'll be good. And then um, Sylvain drops me over to his house, and there is this Mercedes, same color, same interior, same engine size. It took about 10 cows to fit this car out with leather. It was beautiful. I, I saved the ozone layer. Um, and so I drive it. I go do ministry, come back. I fill the car up. I wash it. And he, I get a text. 
And he goes, oh, Ted, um, I'll, I'll come and pick the car up. So we wash it and all that, so I'm just ready with that. So I, I, I see him pull up, so I come and meet him in the driveway. I give him the keys. And he looks at me and smiles, and he goes, while you were on the way in the weekend, God spoke to me. And I go, well, what did he say? He said, well, this car now belongs to you, and this morning I registered it in your name. I've paid the insurance. I've done it all that. Here's the keys. Um, God bless you. And then he looked after the maintenance of the car. Now, but I want you to watch this. That became such a turning point in the church because everybody was now talking about it. You know what they were saying? Why would he want to give you that? Because um, Sylvia and I lived off love offerings, so we would preach and people would give us you know, finance like we did um, you know, for, for Pastor Daniel. And we were you know, um, doing crusades. And people said, Teddy, if you drive up in this car, your love offerings will go down. Guess what happened? Love offerings went down. And then I realized something, that people that were judging the car were judging me outside of the kingdom, not inside the kingdom. God said to me, Ted, this is your desire. See, one of the things that we need to do is to move into God is that when God is saying to you, uh, unless you have an underground market desire, okay? Okay, I better better clarify that he's, you know, look, if you're thinking about growing drugs underground, if you pray for God to bless it, I don't think he's going to bless it, okay? I, I'm talking about holy, okay? <laughs> I thought I'd better clarify it until some, I get, yeah, better stop it here. Now, watch this, watch this. So, so you, get, you get this point where God is saying this, listen to me carefully. When your purposes become my purposes, when you join and you build my house, you will receive everything that everybody else is striving for. The day your striving will stop is the day that you put God and his house first. Now, I just want to show you, uh, this is where we're going as a church. What does a church look like? And what is it producing? So first of all, We put God first, knowing that he's going to give us the desires of our heart. Let me just, I feel, I can't get off this treadmill here at the moment. People used to say, Ted, this is what it's going to cost you. This is what it's going to cost you. Do you realize that there is no cost that you can pay for the blessing of God? There is nothing you can give up that you can call cost. What did Paul say? I count everything as done compared to the blessing of God. Now, in John 3, is the apostle John is talking to Gaius, a pastor in a church that is under the apostolic mantle that understands the principle of Matthew 6.33. And he says this, and he's talking about this. So give you a prelude to this. There is a ministry that is coming to this church, and the ministry is to preach the gospel, is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's a ministry that comes to the church and is on its way to do ministry for God. And so John writes to the church on how you treat ministers that spread the gospel. Now listen to me carefully. Every single person is a minister of the gospel. 
you're not a father, then a minister. Every one of us has the same purpose. Now listen to uh, John 3, 6, verse 6. It says this. And they had shared publicly with the congregation about the beautiful acts of love you have shown them. Now, if you would be so kind, send them on their way with a generous gift in a manner that would honor God. Now, watch this. So this ministry, now, just take them out and put yourself in it. You're a ministry. I'm a ministry. Our church is a ministry. Children's ministry, young adults, um, youth, um, home groups, everything's a ministry. And he says, send the ministry away with a generous gift in a manner that would honor God. So all of a sudden, watch this, when you start to move into the kingdom, the way God does it, he says, everything you do, it's got to honor God. Now, what does honor God look like? Watch this. In, Ar- in Aramaic, it says, when you look at it, the Bible, when it's written in Aramaic, it says this. Outfit them like a, plank, like a plank billboard for God. That is, the gifts you give them made them an advertisement for God. I want you to know what they were saying. It says, these people are going out to preach the gospel. I want you to bless them so extraordinary that they become an advertisement for God. Let, let, me, let, let me show you a story how that works. Uh, we had, a, we had a, um, a couple in our church that said to me, Ted, we've been witnessing to this lady, and um, uh, she's, she's, just, she's, you know, she's born again. Um, she's got four kids. Uh, they're struggling. All of this was happening, right? And they go, um, they're really struggling for a car. And um, so she goes, oh, okay, really? And I go, yeah, look, um, she can't drive the kids to school. Um, There's all these things that they're living um, on, on welfare. And they said, look, they really, really need a car. What can you do? So I went into prayer, and God said, I want you to get them a really good car. I went to our, our church mechanic, and I said, look, you know, we need a station wagon. We need this. And he says, I'll get back to you. He comes back to me. He says, oh, Ted, I haven't really got a bomb, but I've got a really good car. And um, look, the best I can do it, he named me the price. And God just said, just go and buy it. So we bought this beautiful, it wasn't new, but it was secondhand, fully serviced. There was nothing wrong with the car. I mean, I would have driven it. And uh, so we got the, um, paid for it. Uh, I made, uh, with the mechanic, the church also said, hey, what we want you to do, is, you know, we want you to give it free servicing, all, all of this stuff, so there's no burden on her. And, but, and then I just said to the people that gave me the need, look, uh, I, I don't need to be there. Here's the thing, I want you to do it. Now, watch the, what happened is that they came up and they drove the car in the car, car in the car yard, right? No, in the, in, the, in the house. And the family came out and they went, oh, wow, that's ours? And she says, you know, I, I was thinking that you guys were going to give me a bomb. And, and the people in our church said this, oh, no, you don't understand Pastor Ted. He doesn't believe in bombs. But you know what we did? The church became, a, Jesus became an advertising board. She got, uh, what's the name? She got saved. Her friends got saved. Her kids grew up in our church and now are ministering. What happened was that the gift was so generous 
that he became an advertiser for God. What's going to happen in 2022? We are building people that are going to be advertisers for God. Number one, we're going to build. Mar- we're building marriages that we advertising. This is what God can do in a marriage. We're we're we're, we're building businessmen and businesswomen that can exile. This is a God business. See, the thing is, we've got to get out of the closet. We've got to get out of the car. We've got to get out of the house. And you go, God, I want my life to be an advertiser. You know what a billboard is? Is that a billboard that he's talking about is is two... Um, two planks, like one over there, one over there, you put it over your head. doesn't matter where you turn, there's a sign. Do you realize that God wants to make you an advertising board for him? God wants to make you, uh, uh, God wants to make you uh, an example and going, hey, we're going to learn through this. This is how God started the children of Israel. He says, I want people to look at you and go, wow. Let me, can I give you one more story? You know how God works for this? I remember when Silva and I were doing missions work and crusades, both God put on our hearts, you need to go to Europe, you need to go to Europe. And I go, well, okay, God, I don't know anybody in Europe, and I haven't got the money to go to Europe. And so God put this desire in both of our hearts to go to Europe. This guy, one, um, this person rocks up into our, into our sphere, and he says, well, uh, I want to send you guys to Europe. I go, Really? And he goes, fine. And so he gives us two first-class tickets to go to Europe. And um, so I, Silva was going to meet me there. I was preaching in, Singapore, uh, in Malaysia. sorry. And um, so I come along, and I'm sitting next to this top-notch business guy. And um, so you know, he starts, hi, my name's Jack. And he goes, I'm a professional accountant. He's giving me all this da 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 And after 10 minutes later, I'm going, oh, wow, that's a good CV, man. And he goes, so what do you do? <laughs> I said to him, oh, I'm a church minister. I go, what? He goes, you're a pastor? I go, yeah. He goes, what kind of congregation do you have that sends you first class? He goes, I thought church were a bunch of beggars. I thought the church was stingy. And I go, well, not the church I belong to. The church I belong to since they're past the first class. But, but you know what it was? It broke something in him because his mind view of the way God treats people is always low. And then all of a sudden he has an example of high. You good? So let me just say something to you. Put God first. And then elevate your desires. Put God's first and stop trying to be poor. Put God's first and stop trying to be humble. See, God says this. Can I, in, see, when you start looking at Scripture, God never says this. Is that God first, wife second, children third, parents-in-law fourth, cat fifth, car seventh. Uh, you know, da, 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 da. Mowing lawn doesn't exist now. You know, God says this. When you put God first, everything else falls into order. Do you realize when you look at the Ten Commandments, what's the first commandment? Thou shall have no other God except me, correct? Do you realize when you put that first, you don't need the other nine? So what happens in this, in the spiritual realm, is this. That God says this. He goes, you want all these things. I'm not saying no to them, but I am telling you a better way that you can get them. That's why the Bible says that I will make you rich and add no sorrow. 
So we're going to do more with this. But I just want to challenge you. Today, as a church, people go, well, where are we going? We're going to make you an advertising board for the world. We're going to have the best leaders. We're going to have the best musicians. We're going to have the best worshipers. We're going to have the best of everything. Hey, hey. Why? People go, oh, Ted, are you being proud? No, I'm not being proud. I'm just saying we're a church that's putting God first. We're a church that's going after the presence of God. We're a church that are no longer ashamed of who we are. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power unto him with salvation. I am not ashamed because he's going to meet our needs. So I'm telling us today that people say, well, what is our vision? That we're going to become a billboard. Our lives are going to become a billboard for our community. That our ministries, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our young adults, adults ministry, our missions ministry are going to be an advertisement for God that people will go and talk about. When people see our ministries, where did you come from? Well, I came from Faith Life Church. Isn't it strange that when we talk about heaven, we think about the fullness of glory and amazing things, and then when we have a vision of earth and it's all stale, we need a vision of heaven. I'm going to pray for you. We all over this month and over this year, you do, you're not going to miss next, next week. I'm just going to show you that everything that in your lives that has been destroyed, that needs to be rebuilt, is not going, God is going to rebuild it, but not on the same size that it was destroyed. So just want just to just to seed this into you. Whatever has been destroyed in your life, that means you've lost something, you missed something. God's not just going to give you one for one. You're going to see it scripturally. God spoke to me. And when God spoke to me with this, it's gone all around the globe. This word that I'm talking to you has gone into Malaysia, has now gone into Europe, that people are picking it up in Australia. And that God is doing this. He says, God, over COVID, things have been taken away from you. But God is saying this, I'm not going to give you one for one for what this is. Whatever is destroyed, when God rebuilds it, he always moves the boundaries. So you're in for some amazing, amazing times. Come on, let's give God a hand. Father, we just want to thank you. Father, Father, as a church, we're putting you first. Father God, as, a, as ministries, we're putting you first. As, as, as parents, we're putting you first. Father, in the name of Jesus, as for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. Father, as for me and FL, Faith Life Church, we will serve the Lord. Father, we thank you that you are going to do some amazing, amazing miracles within us. And Father, I just thank you that if we delight ourselves in you, you'll give us the desires of our heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look forward to next week. <laughs>